Hallelujah. Well, beloved, isn't the sweet presence of Jesus precious? Don't we just love Jesus? Don't we just love his presence? Well, you know what? He loved you first. <laughs> Before you did anything, he loved you first. So happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, beloved. Thank you for your service to your families. Thank you for your sacrifice to your families. Thank you for your love to your families, for your families, your care, your protection, your provision. You know, I said on Mother's Day that moms were the heart of the home. Well, dads are the heroes of the home. <laughs> They're our heroes, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are the first example to our children of who God is. They are the care of Christ to us as their wives. They are providers, protectors. They are rock foundations. They are the sacrificial love of Christ that we get to experience through them. So, today, we are going to be talking about the love of God. The love of God. We're, we're continuing on our journey, receive, you know, how to receive the fullness of God, how to walk in the fullness of God. And so today's part of that is that we truly need to know and to accept the love of God. Because God is love, the scripture tells us, doesn't it? 1 John 4, 9 through 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. All the wrong, all the wrong you could ever do, an atoning sacrifice was sent. Hallelujah. And you see, Jesus is the exact representation of God. He came to show us God. He came to show us his Father, the love of his Father. And whatever is truth, we find in Jesus. Whatever is truth, we find in him. He sent the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who's with us now, who reveals Jesus, who tells us about Jesus, who ministers the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 John 4, 16. Actually, 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them. Hallelujah. You think about that. Who do you have living in you? 
That's amazing. That's an amazing statement. And you know he said that even though you're not perfect? Can you get a revelation of that? He's saying God is in you. When you receive Jesus, God, the Almighty, the Father, the creator of the universe, is in you. How can he say that when you are not a perfect person? Praise him. He has so much confidence in you. He has so much goodness for you. He takes so much pleasure in you. God lives in them, and they in God. Wow, that's a great place to be. I'm living in God, that's a great place to be. That's an abundant place to be. That is a very safe place to be. I don't want to be anywhere else but believing on Jesus and living in God. And he, he just told me I get to do that. We need to take him in his word. Think of that picture literally. You think about that and everything that that means. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. You can rely, you can know. You know, people tell you you'll never understand the fullness of God's love. It says to me in my Bible right here that I can know and I can rely on the love of God. I can trust him. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. See, I think he really wants us to get that point because he keeps repeating it. Right? This is how love is made complete among us. So that, so that, that means that's important. His love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. That's why you need to know his love. You need to know his love. You need to know, you need to walk in relationship. You can't know someone's love until you walk in relationship with them. You get introduced to it through salvation and then you grow to understand him. In this world, we are like Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, we get to know him, we get to know his love, we become like him. We are like Jesus in this world. All these references of love, by the way, they all go back to the word, the agape love of God. Not, not filial love, not brotherly love. This is agape love. This is unconditional love. This is unending love. This is all-consuming love. This is sacrificial love. This is unconditional love. You are being bathed in love. The love of God. Bathed. Saturated in your inner being. Thank you, Father. See, he made a way because of Jesus. Okay, I want to read this in the Aramaic translation because it's so beautiful. And we believe and we know the love God has for us. For God is love, and everyone who dwells in love, that's the agape love, dwells in God. Hallelujah. He's talking about knowing, relying, believing his love. He's talking about trusting his love for you. 
in order to trust his love for you, you have to know his love for you. I would advise everyone in this room to go through your scripture and just saturate yourself in scriptures that tell you how God loves you. His mercies are new every morning. His loving kindness never fails. You know, get to know the names of God. You want to know how God loves you? Get to know his names. Verse 17. By this, the, the, the knowing and the relying on the indwelling love of God in our persons, by this, love is fulfilled with us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are you in this world. Did he love Jesus? You know what? He loves Jesus just as much as he loves you. Was he going to let anything terrible happen to Jesus? Absolutely not. You have no need of dread or fear. None. You are not in this world. And once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have a new connection to the Father. You have a new relationship with the Father. You are his child. He is going to take care of you. Amen. Just stay connected. Just stay connected. Know his love for you. I need to know his love for me. So we rely on it. We know it. We believe it. The indwelling spirit is the love of God that comes to be in us when we are saved. And his spirit testifies with our spirit that we are his children. Right? So God's love enables us to abide in Jesus, and Jesus' love enables us to know God, right? So just study Jesus. Just keep studying Jesus. Where do you think Jesus got the ability to walk a sinless life? He got that from knowing the love of his Father for him. That gave him the power, the strength, the ability the will, the desire to fulfill the God, God's plan, to actually be able to walk a sinless life in this world. And you've been given the same thing. You've been given the same thing in the love of the Father. It made Jesus dauntless. It made him fearless. It made him strong. It made him able to fulfill God's plan. It made him able to withstand every judgment. What do you think is coming on the world in the end times? Persecution? Judgment? What happens in our lives now? Do you get judged? This tells me right here, very specifically, and okay, yes, this can be talking about end times, but it says in this world. So it's not just end times, it's now. In this world, it says, this is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. If someone judges you, if someone persecutes you for your stand in the Lord, do you need to worry about that? No, because the love of God, once you're infiltrated with the love of God, you will be able to stand in the face of any persecution. You will, be a, you will not want to 
renege or uh, I don't know what the right word is, but you will not want to turn from that love. You won't give up that love for anything. Right? It will enable you to stand because you know how much he loves you. Nothing will be able to move you. You need to saturate yourself in the love of God. Hallelujah. You know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the leaders of the day, the, the rulers, the people, were all judging Jesus. He did things differently. He healed on the Sabbath. He said the new command is the law of love. They didn't like that. It threatened their control. It threatened their traditions. It threatened the way that they were used to doing things. They judged him. The people judged him. They tried to kill him. But because he knew the love of his father, he never crumbled. And neither will you if you can just saturate yourself in knowing how much God loves you. It will make you bold against any judgment. It will make you confident. It will make you resilient. It will make you unafraid. It will make you tenacious. It will make you persevering in the face of anything. God's love for you does not change depending on whether you've done good or bad, a good thing or a bad thing. It doesn't change. So don't let the devil talk you out of God's love when you mess up. God still loves you no matter what. You know, that was the strength of David, a man after God's own heart, who murdered people. He murdered Uriah because of lust. But he understood the mercy of God. He understood repentance. He understood going back to his father, that when he had done something wrong, he could go back, he could be forgiven, and he could continue in the love. Hallelujah. That's our strength. That is our strength. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. First, that is the love of God for you and your understanding. His perfect love for you. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears in any area is not made perfect in love. You're not understanding God's love for you when you are in a fearful state, a lack of peace state. He has peace. He speaks to us in ways of peace. He has peace for us. We love because he first loved us. You don't love him first. You didn't, you know what I'm saying? You didn't love him first. Do you want to love him? Yes, with all your heart. You want to honor him with all your heart. You want to worship him. He is holy. We want to be holy because he is holy. But he loved us first, and that love will transform our hearts. And we will fall so madly in love with him that we won't even ever want to do anything that grieves him. And when we do, we'll check it. When we get in strife, we'll check it. Right? 
if we get in contention, if we get in offense, we're going to check it at the door. Right? Because we want to, the love. You know, it's like I used to, t- we used to tell our kids when they were little, if they would get into an argument or something like that. Okay, so you walk, when you're in Jesus, you walk under this umbrella of protection. Okay? So you can walk out from under it. Okay? Just start acting like Jesus wouldn't act. <laughs> but they said, and you know, you can, it's raining, and, and you can walk out from under it, and you can get hit. Don't do that. Don't put yourself in that position. Just repent. Start acting like Jesus and get back under the umbrella. You know, the other example we used to always give them, they probably really got tired of hearing this, is there's a brick wall around you, all the way, all over, all around you, when you're in Jesus. His holy angels round about you. Okay? So just start disobeying. The disobeying, and what are you doing? It's like taking a sledgehammer and knocking holes in the wall. Is that God? No, that's you. He's always there for you. But you can do things that get you out from under his protection, but then you get right back in. Well, when we understand the love he has for us, the sacrifice he made for us, how much he cares about us, we're not going to want to walk out from under the umbrella. We're not going to want to take the sledgehammer and start knocking holes in the wall. Because we're just going to want to live pleasing to him. Because we will be filled up so much with the love of God that we're just going to like love him back. Right? And then we're going to be able to love others. But you're not going to be able to love others until you get his love seated in you. That's the only way. Hallelujah. So anyway, when we know, when we walk in relationship, when we pursue that love, to understand his love for us, and we lean in to understand the magnitude of his love, then what happens? See, we trust him, don't we? When we get revelation of his love for us, we trust him, and then we don't have to take everything into our own hands because we know he's going to take care of us and he's going to do a better job anyway. You know, we don't have to fight our own fights. So anyway, this says, shall. I want to look at this word. It says, therefore, we shall love God because he first loved us. So by knowing his love, the only way, knowing his love, we shall love him. Right? So many people get it backwards. They say, we got to love God. Yeah, and I don't even like that. Got to. You know? Because it's, it's a hard issue. When we, when we are saturated in his love, we're just going to love. It's not a got to. It's a pleasure. Wow. It's like walking into a garden of like flowers, and you walk into a field, and there are just like flowers everywhere, all through the sky, flying everywhere, beautiful, colorful flowers. I'm not making sense to you, am I? I'm not on drugs. You think about something. Because, you know, when the love of God just comes into your heart, it's just like joy. It's just like walking in a, in a garden of, your, of, of the most 
blessed abundance. Right? And then we get to share that blessed abundance with other people. Hey, come on and walk in this with me. Wow, it's awesome. You think of whatever your favorite thing is. <laughs> anyway, so when we let go of what? The law. See, we have a new command of love, knowing the love. He's given us a way to know the love. That's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. When we let go of the law and it, we embrace the Messiah. Why does the word say, have faith in God? We embrace him. We get to know him. We accept his love for us. You know, has anyone ever come to you and they give you, they want to give you a gift or something and you go, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Well, don't do that with Jesus. He came to pour his love out on you. Right? He wants you to have it. So anyway, a new command. You see, fear, we was talking about if, if, if love is not perfected, we walk in fear. Fear is the hardening of the heart. Right? It's the hardening. It hardens our heart. It makes us unreceptive. It makes us suspicious. Love softens that and allows, love, the love of God softens that so that we can receive his abundance and his fullness. It says, as I have loved you, you must love one another. Well, that's another key, but first you've got to know his love, and then you get to pour it out on everybody else. The most, okay, if you don't get anything else today, just get this. The most productive thing you can do in your life is understand how much God loves you. It'll be the most productive thing you'll ever do. Read those scriptures. We receive Jesus, and instantly we walk into God's love. He's always loved us, but we get the new revelation. We start understanding, right? And when we do that, we are found in his love. God loves everyone, but the difference is, is the world cannot understand it. They've closed their door off. You know, you can't pick up the package through the door. Open the door, and you get the package, right? When somebody leaves it at your doorstep. So that's why the scripture says, have faith in God. It's not faith in what you can do. It's not faith in your faith. You have enough faith once you come into the salvation relationship. It is faith in Christ. It is faith in his love for you. It is faith that his word really is who he is. That this really is him. We don't have to question this. this if it says it, it really is him. It really is his heart for you. It really is what he wants you to have. His word is true. It is faith that his word is true. And it is faith that he will stand by it and perform it in your life. It is faith in his character. It is faith in his integrity. It is faith in his honor. That he is an honorable individual. So, when we are in his love, saturating ourselves in his love, we're found in him. 
We receive his love. We're found in him. And then what happens? We mature. We mature into his character. We put away our old ways. We put away the be first mentality. We put away the mentality that my wants and needs are more important than your wants and needs. We put away striving. We put away offense, cheating, stealing, lying, whatever, right? We mature into his character because his love transforms us. And it exposes very kindly, very sweetly, very gently. He exposes what we need to get rid of. You know, he's kind, he's sweet, he's gentle. And he's faithful because he does expose what we need to get rid of in our hearts, what we need to release, the fears we can let go of. Because he saturates us in his presence, and in his presence there can be no darkness. So we find freedom. We find freedom from the bondages. We find freedom from the snares of the evil one. We find freedom from the temptations of the evil one that try to pull us out of his love so that we do things that are not of his love, that are not born of his love. And then we demonstrate him to other people. Isn't that awesome? Because what happens when you demonstrate him to other people? When you demonstrate him, his blessing comes back. His perfect blessing in your life will overtake you. It will chase you down. When you demonstrate Christ, because you know God's love, and you demonstrate that, the true manifest presence of God the glory of God, the fullness of Christ, pours into your life. You can't help it. Hallelujah. His fullness, his design, his goodness, his abundance. So how do you know how to display his character? Well, you can go to Philippians 4.8, where it says, whatever is noble, right? Read those. Whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent, whatever is good report. That's the kind of God we serve. You can go to Galatians 22 and you can read all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right? All those. Faithfulness, self-control, self-control, that's a good one. Go study the names of God. That'll help you know his character. That'll help you know what's been planted in you the seed that's planted in your salvation so that you can water it and grow it up, you know, because that's our responsibility. And then what happens? We don't have to strive at that point. We flow. Rivers of living water, we flow. The Holy Spirit teaches us and shows us and we flow, revealing Jesus because he testifies of Jesus and he ministers the love of God to our hearts. Ephesians 1.4, first in the NIV. For he, oh, beloved, get this. He chose us in him. You think about those words. 
He chose you in him. Wow, he had big hopes for you. He knew all the darkness could be gone because you can't be in him if you're in darkness. Do you see how he esteems what he created you to be? Wow, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, and he's given us the way. Jesus, his love, in love, that's again, the agape love of God. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance (coughs) with his pleasure and will. It is his pleasure, it is his will that you are in him, that you have relationship with him, that you walk with him. He takes pleasure in you, beloved. Hallelujah. You know, who do children become like on this lovely Father's Day? They're fathers. They're parents. Right? So when it says we are in him, he wants us to be like him. And he fully has intended for us to be like him. It is a complete possibility. It's not impossible. It's impossible in the world, but it's not impossible with him. Don't let anybody steal that thought from you. What your true destiny is. What your identity is. He sees you completed in his perfect will. He sees you that way. We must see ourselves that way. Hallelujah. The Aramaic translation. Just as he chose us beforehand, in him, <coughs> from the, before the foundation of the universe, that we shall be holy and without spot before him, and he ordained us beforehand in love. You are ordained in his love. You are ordained. Do you know what ordained means? Think about that. When someone is ordained, you have been ordained in his love. Wow. He ordained us beforehand in love for himself. He created you for himself. He desires you. You are a pleasure unto him. And he has constituted us as children by Yeshua the Messiah, as that is pleasing. To his will. He wants you. He desires you. Ephesians 2.4. Again, this is the Aramaic translation. Translation from the Aramaic. But God, who is rich in his compassion, he is rich in his compassion for you because of his great love. Just take a second and think about his great love for you. He loves you without reservation. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you sacrificially. He loves you unendingly. He loves you completely. 
just as you are today. He loves you completely. But God, who is rich in his compassion because of his great love with which he loved us, when we were dead in our sins, he gave us life together with the Messiah. You are seen together with the Messiah. The blood covers you. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Together with the Messiah, one. Hallelujah. That is amazing. He gave us life together with the Messiah. You see, he's offered us the Messiah indwelling us in the same position. And by his grace, he saved us. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with himself. You're not seated here. You're not seated here. Take the blinders off. There might be a body in this chair. You are seated with him in heavenly places in your spirit. Think about that. In Christ. He sees you that way. To show the coming ages the greatness of the riches of his grace and his sweetness which has come upon us by Yeshua the Messiah. Wow. I think we all ought to repeat that. Put yourself right here. The greatness, say this, the greatness of the riches of his grace and his sweetness has come upon me because of Jesus Christ. Do you know that's where you walk? Do you know that's why he says you are in this world but not of it? Wow. I could just go on off to heaven right now. Because what is all that sweetness? I mean, I'm serious. I feel like I could just like float on out of here. <laughs> because what is all that sweetness? It's all the spiritual blessings of Christ. It's his forgiveness. It's his kindness. It's his mercy. It's his grace. His magnanimous love for you. His compassion for you. Does that mean he agrees with things that we do when we do things counter to his word? No. 
wouldn't be a faithful father if that happened. But it does mean that when we repent, the door is always open. When our heart changes it and we turn around, we are loved all the same. And this is what his love has done for us. And we must know it. Not only must you know it, you must then accept it as a freely given gift. Quit talking to God about all the wrong things that you think you are. Quit doing that. Receive the gift and let him mature you. Because that's the only way we become mature. That's the only way we can then be effective in our lives to reach other people. You're not going to reach other people with bitterness, offense, strife, and hate. You're not going to convince anything, anybody of anything that way. It is the only way, the only way to overcome our battles, the only way to overcome temptations, the only way to overcome the deceptions of the devil, the only way to overcome his lies, the only way to put out his darts is you must know how much you are loved and how you are loved by God. How much he loves you, the magnitude, the depth, the breadth, and the width of his love for you. Have faith in God. Know his love for you. Ephesians 3.16, again in the Aramaic translation, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be confirmed. You are confirmed by power in his spirit. Wow. Wow. That in your inner person, the Messiah may dwell by faith. Wow, big gift, big gift. In your inner person, the Messiah dwells by faith. By your faith in him, by trusting him, by knowing him, by knowing his love for you, that's going to grow your faith. That's going to make you big and strong. That's going to make you a, a fiery dart against the devil. That's going to build a fortress around you. <coughs> right? And in your hearts, by love. See that? By power in his spirit, in your inner person, the Messiah may dwell by faith and in your hearts by love. That's his agape love. Not brotherly love, not filial love, not friendship. This is the magnanimous, never-ending, all-consuming, unconditional compassionate, merciful love of God. When your root, what you're, that's that from which you're growing, and your foundation, your stability, shall be confirmed by what? The love of God. Knowing the love of God. That so that means in order that, so that you can discover with all the holy what is the height and depth and length 
and breadth. That's what we need to be after. That's what we need to lean into. The all of it, the wholeness of it. The height, the depth, the length, the breadth, and that you may know, that means be intimate with, in relationship with, accepting of, relying on the magnitude of the knowledge of the love. Agape love of the Messiah. And you and, and you may be filled in all the fullness of God. The way to be filled with all the fullness of God is to get to know his love for you. <coughs> Not reject his love for you. Excuse me. Got a tickle. <coughs> not to say that you're not worthy. You walking around in a non-worthy manner is rejecting the love of God. You walking around not forgiving yourself for your indiscretions is not walking in the love of God. And if you don't walk in the love of God, you're not going to be able to give it out. And you are required to give it out. We're not getting into that today. But you are required. If you're offended, if you're in strife, if you're in contention with people, close that door really fast. Do something about it. Because it means you have not received the love of God and you're not giving out the love of God, but you've got to know that God loves you first. And you know what? When you know that God loves you first, you will be liberated. You're not going to worry. You're not going to worry about, oh, how am I going to recover from this? What's going to happen to me here? What if I let go of my pride? What if I let go of my ego? See, you're not going to worry about that because you'll be perfected in the love of God. You understand what I'm saying? Because you're going to trust him. When you know how much he loves you, you are going to automatically trust him. And when you trust someone, you can't trust someone if you're not in relationship with them. And if you're not in relationship with them, get in relationship with them. You're not going to want to walk out of the love of God if in that specific area you are in relationship with him because he's going to give you revelation of how to behave, of what to do, of how to conquer the enemy. You know? But don't let offense come knocking at your door, beloved. It is poison. It is murder. That's why we focus so much on the love of God here. Don't get in strife with anybody. It is not worth it. Ever. 
because you're closing, it just shows that you don't understand how much God loves you, and then you can't extend it. When you know how much God loves you, you're going to lay down your weapons. You're going to let him be your defense. You're going to let him be what talks through you. You see what I'm saying? This is real stuff. I can give you all these scriptures, but we have to apply them. And if you are feeling the need in any area to defend yourself, then in that area you do not understand God's love for you. He will take care of you better than you could ever take care of yourself. Right? So lay down the weapons. Lay down the pride. Lay down the arrogance. Get rid of the strife. Which scripture was I on, beloved? Was it Ephesians 4.1? No, let me see. That wasn't it. Yeah, that's where I was. Okay, so that we may be filled to all the fullness. See, I want the fullness, and I don't want to put anything in its way. What is the fullness? Shalom. What is shalom? It is fullness. It is wholeness in every area. It is completeness. Nothing lacking. Nothing missing. Nothing. So knowing his love for us fills us with his shalom. It fills us with completeness and wholeness. And it's God's goal. That's his goal, that that is how we are filled. And then when this happens, when we get revelation of how much he loves us, we get huge results. Ephesians 4. Neither shall we be children, when, when, you, are, when you allow your spirit to be infiltrated with the magnanimous love of God, neither shall we be children who are shaken and troubled. For every wind of crafty teaching of the children of men, you will not be moved. You say, I have a God who loves me, and I am not going to be moved by that. I am not going to be seduced by that. I am not going to be deceived by that. I serve a God of truth. He reveals the truth to me because he loves me and I trust him. So we will not be shaken and troubled for every kind, every wind of crafty teaching of the children of men. That's every seduction in the world. That's every offense. That's every strife. That's every tribulation. That's every deception of the world. We do not have to be shaken because we are resting in the protective love of God. Not fearful of punishment. Knowing his loving kindness. Those who plot to seduce by their cunning. The world is seductive, it is cunning, it is dishonest, shameful. Difficult, hard, constantly coming at us to turn from the truth, to turn from the love of God. 
anything, anything that is not born of God is a seduction in this world. Anything not born of God. If you can look at something in your life and you say that it's not born of God, it is a seduction of the evil one. Run from it, get rid of it, get back into the love. Hallelujah. The children of men, those who plot to seduce by their cunning. But we have been firm in our love. You see, the love of God, it will make you firm. We have been firm in our love. Get this blessing. This is a promise that all our affairs, all our affairs, may increase in the Messiah who is the head. That's where we're going. We understand the love. We get rid of the fear, the bitterness, whatever it is, whatever the thing is in your life. And it says, all our affairs will increase in the Messiah. It is from the word axano, and it means to become greater, to grow, to spread. Do you want to be a vehicle that spreads, that grows, that becomes greater, that spreads the love of God? I do. And he's given us the way. He's revealed it through Jesus. And from him, the whole body, constructed and joined in every joint according to a gift given. Beautiful, beautiful gift given. In measure to every member, every, for his growth of the body. He's growing us up. That his building may be completed in love. That's his goal. That's his plan. His building, us together, completed in his love. Knowing his love, relying on his love, receiving his love, accepting it into our hearts. It is the only way. It is the agape love. We are a building. We are meant to be completed in the love of God. It is the only way. We will not tolerate, I will not tolerate strife in this church. Because we can't build the body of Christ that way. We can't be a demonstration to the world that way. The love of God, it encompasses his faithfulness to you. He is faithful to you, beloved. He is faithful to you. He has a commitment to you. He has a covenant with you. His love is an act of will toward you because he desires you. And then when we receive his love, we return in response. We return that unto him. And by knowing his love for us, we will be enabled to extend Christ. And believe me, that's all you want to be to other people is a picture of Christ. You don't want to be anything else. Just a picture of Christ. 
And you know what? Sometimes that means you're going to have to sacrifice. Ephesians 4.1, again, in the translation from Aramaic. I, who am a prisoner in our Lord, request of you, therefore, that you walk just as is suitable to the calling. What's your calling? Anybody want to say? Your calling is to know the love of God. Your calling is to know your Christ. And the riches of his grace and mercy and love towards you. That's your calling. Sounds like a pretty pleasant job to me. <laughs> You walk just as is suitable to the calling in which you are called. See, we are called to the agape love of God. In all humility of mind and quietness and patience, that you would be patient one toward another in love. Patience. Y'all hear patience is a virtue. We hear that all the time. Well, it's true. Even God agrees. As a prisoner for the Lord, this is the NIV, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Again, the word there is, is agape love. It is not a brotherly love. That is not the word that's used there. Much more is required of us. God's love for us, there. Not friendship. This is something, yes, we want to be friends with God. I, I, I'm not saying that part. But this is not the friendship kind of love. This is the agape, fully devoted, totally committed love of God. And we are required to go beyond the brotherly love. We cannot bear with one another in God's love unless we first understand what it is. So we need to focus on all the scriptures and I, I, you know, I can't do all that just on a Sunday. Go home and do that. Read the scriptures. Find out how much he loves you. Ephesians 5.1 Follow God's example or be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved, say, I am dearly loved. God dearly loves me. Children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, when we recognize the sacrifice that he made so that he could just pour out love upon us, it is not going to be difficult for us to sacrifice for other people. We can walk in that sacrificial love. Even if it means we need to eat crow or have a pie in our face sometimes. Because God doesn't see it that way. What does it say? It says a fragrant offering. If you have to suck it up and get your pride out of the way 
give it as a, as a fragrant offering. It'll be blessed. You see what I'm saying? It'll be blessed. Anything you do for God, anytime you choose to walk in the love of God, regardless of what you think immediately it means to you, because in the long run, you get the abundant blessing. Right? No one will ever steal your blessing if you're walking in the love of God. Can't be done. It is a fragrant offering to God. See? Hallelujah. So we need to focus on how and how much God loves us. And when that happens, we lead a life in his manifest anointing, in his shalom, in his fullness. So did that bless you today? All right, well, that's what the Lord had told me to talk to us about today and what he had said that we were going to share today. And Harry, Harry, I think, has something he wants to say. And then we're going to take our tithes and offerings and communion. Ken, do you have the mic? I'm getting it. Be patient. Didn't I just teach you about being patient? <laughs> Were you listening? <laughs> I'm teasing. Ken, how can you put up with that? <laughs> I don't know. He's a saint. There's only one thing to say about Ken. He's a saint. Believe me, I'm a fireball. I'm not easy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I would ask if I would come up front and to honor somebody. I think the name was Ken. Is anybody in here who's got a name, Ken? Well, come on up here. Come on down. You're next. Now, the two of us together, if you remember the old comics, Mutt and Jeff, I'm Jeff. <laughs> now, I was supposed to take an honor of you today, not only for Father's Day, but uh, understand you had a birthday. Yep, I hit 50. No, I didn't ask you how old you was. Don't tell a lie. <laughs> we men are not supposed to tell our ages. Now, you broke a rule. I didn't tell you my age. <laughs> You're going to have to get down your knees. <laughs> Now, we got a wonderful fellow here. He's uh, one of the backbones of the church. If it wasn't for him, this, and uh, Pastor Elise Marie, this building would have sunk. But they stepped forward and brought us up from the depths of the water. There's no more alligators or anything like that. <laughs> So, Ken, we thank you for your birthday, and you said you was uh, 16. So, we thank you for all the good work you've done here for the church. You're an honored man. This is Father's Day, so we say have happy Father's Day to you. And if the congregation, would you please stand? And on the count of three,
with a good, loud voice and a good applause. Say, happy birthday, Ken. Happy birthday, Ken! Now, we're, we're going to do that again because I didn't count. Okay, one, two, three, go. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Ken! All right, and Ken, we're supposed to honor you with something. I don't know what I did with it. That's an old story, isn't it? Car keys? Car keys, no. We honor you with this gift from the church. Oh, Beat nice. up a little bit. Oh. Well, thank you all very much. Thank you, Harry. I appreciate you coming up here. Right. You always like to be front and center, but uh, I appreciate it. You know, he just made a statement about Lisa. Lisa Marie does so much for the church. She is constantly working and out in the community and. And I'm really, you know, I'm really appreciative of what you're saying, but I mean, in reality, it's, it's her and all of you that make this work. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't work if it wasn't for each and every one of you stepping up to the plate, helping in any little area. And that means so much to me and to uh, my wife, Lisa Marie, you can't even imagine. We, we have constant discussions about it. And we talk about the worship group, and, you know, they come up here Friday night, I think it was, or say, Friday night, yeah, and practice. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I just look at each and every one of you here, and you, you help in so many different ways. You're so dependable. Uh, you're, you're not too arrogant you'll help in any little fashion that that and and we don't like to have to come and ask for your help but the way you come to us and say I will help or I will do this or I will fix this door or I will water the flowers out front you know uh, I can't tell you how much it means to us and, and you truly are all of you are truly a blessing to us and our family that you attend that you help out and you're so supportive and it just means the world to us so Amen. anyway god bless you Amen. all yeah, yeah. okay thank you guys i agree with ken there wouldn't it be there would be no church without this beautiful body Right? Okay, so for the tithe, I'm going to read. What am I going to read? I think I'm going to read Philippians. Philippians 4, 16. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again 